Welcome and thank you for joining me for the 51st episode of the Charm Studio podcast. Our home base is www.thecharmstudio.com. My name is Thea Fiore Bloom and I am the artist and journalist behind the Charm Studio. And I'm excited to share this episode with you because it's meaningful. It's about why your art matters to the world even when you think it doesn't. Have you ever forgotten why your art matters? My friend and subscriber Olina Ellis told me a wonderful story a while back that reminded me of the power and honor of being an artist and I wanted to share it with you because I think it might ring a bell and remind you of something deep down inside of you that um, we all tend to forget. And the story begins this way. A monumental thing happened the day that Ellis defended her BFA thesis at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks. And you know, this thing that happened to Olena happened before a single professor's toe crossed the threshold into the gallery that day of her thesis defense. The first piece you viewers saw when they entered Ellis's show was this amazing ceramic piece, and the show was called Do You Count? And as you entered the doorway, there was this six-foot interactive abacus, and on the, the metal rungs of the abacus were these beautifully sculpted Neolithic goddesses that stood for beads, and you could slide them over as you could like the beads on an abacus. And Ellis made the work in an effort to humanize individual women to to bring the awareness to in, that women that experience domestic violence and sexual exploitation in her community and in the world are to humanize them as individuals instead of just thinking them as a blurry they and a bunch of numbers. And as Olina said, the exhibit was intense especially because as Olina notes the show was being exhibited in a state Alaska, that has some of the highest domestic violence rates in the entire country, end quote. So what happened next? Ellis is setting up for her defense, and understandably, she's a bit nervous, and I would be too. A class of sixth graders has come in to view the show early, and the group's teacher of these sixth graders gathered the students all around Ellis's, this really cool table Ellis had set up of handheld goddesses, which you could see over on the website. I'm going to leave notes, I'll leave a link for you in the show notes so you could see Olina's actual art. So she has these pocket-sized goddesses coming out of this beautiful copper urn, and they're strewn all over this red velvet cloth. And in the middle of these little pocket-sized ceramic goddesses of all these different colors is a large glass jar where you could put put money in. And the so the teacher had the students circle around this table and the goddesses are not priced, said Ellis, right? You could all the work is for sale in the gallery, but she didn't put price on each one of these little goddesses. But in the description near the table, Elena had challenged gallery visitors to place a value on the lives of people who experience domestic violence. And by that audience members, it means they could place money into the jar and take home a goddess. And all the funds that were in the jar would be donated to Ellis. Ellis, uh, donated by Ellis, I'm sorry, to a specific nearby domestic violence shelter, which I thought is a really cool idea if you're selling your work and you also wanted to have a, a charitable heart-centered aspect in the same room. I think that is such a wonderful plan. Anyway, after the teacher explained this to the students, a young boy spoke up and he said something poignant, and he told the whole class. He just announced, you know, as kids sometimes do, they have no um, 
curtains to hide the truth sometimes. And he announced that he and his mom had stayed at the very shelter that Ellis named in the description where she was going to give the money for all the sales of these goddesses. And he just said, yeah, my mom and I had stayed there. And what was really amazing that Alina heard next was the boy beside him then turned to him and quietly said, I didn't know that about you. And then one of the girls across the table from him said, we love you. And then the girl next to her echoed her classmate's words. And she said to this little boy, yes, we love you. And the energy of the care and the energy of the acceptance that welled up in the gallery was so palpable that there was not a dry adult eye in the room for sure. Alina said that all the adults that heard it were crying. And the teacher thanked me for my exhibit after they were leaving, Ellis said. And she, the teacher then explained to Ellis that, you know what, these kids can't talk about topics like this in the classroom, but your show, Alina, your show gave them the opportunity to discuss something really important. Ellis and her community and those little pocket-sized goddesses ended up raising over $1,700 for the shelter that that little boy had stayed at. So let's get back to the honor of being an artist. And Ellis explains it beautifully when she told me, that day I got to feel what a profound honor it is to be an artist. My defense became minor compared to the moment I was able to witness with that circle of sixth graders. And end quote, I just think that's so important, you know, having gone through several thesis processes in my own life and been so nervous about them. And what's truly important is how, in the end, is how our work impacts and changes the lives of others. It's not about what a professor thinks of us. Olina says, as artists, we're given this platform to talk about subjects that others find difficult to voice, subjects that need more light shed on them, she said. Isn't that important? As artists, we're given a platform to talk about subjects others find difficult to voice. And we need to give voice where others are voiceless. I think that's beautiful. Ellis's story reminded me of something that I'd forgotten, and that's this. All creatives deal with this tension, right, between longing for approval from outside authority figures on one hand, and then the other hand, we have this tension with this need, this biological need to honor the internal voice of our creative spirit, a creative spirit that insists on having its own sometimes outrageous true north and it's outrageous for good reason, right? That's the way you affect change is by having an outrageous true north. I'm sure all of your heroes and heroines, um, whoever they are, have an outrageous true north. But if we negotiate the bridge of that tension between approval and our own creative true north, and we stay upright long enough to make the art that our spirit insists on producing despite our fear of disapproval, we're often so richly rewarded, right? And how do we get rewarded? We're rewarded with the knowledge that we've given voice to those who are having a hard time speaking. We're rewarded that we've made it easier for even one little person to deal with what has happened to them. That's a whopper of a reason why our art matters. That's an amazing reason why your art matters. By the way, the professors approved Ellis's thesis the day that day at, at the... A gallery, and she went on to graduate the University Magna Cum Laude. So proud of her. And I want to leave you with a question for the road. Olina's brave topic choice for her thesis show compelled me to ask myself, okay, Thea, if I bypass my own fear of ridicule, 
If I follow my own heart without reservation, what would I create? What would I be so happy to hear a little boy or girl muster up the courage to voice when standing before my work? What would you, that's what I want to know, what would you be so happy to hear a little boy or girl say in front of your work? That's it for now. I want uh, you to think about letting go of approval more. Um, I'm going to link to a good article about that in the show notes. It's a very strange story about a a wonderful woman I met on the beach and it involves underwear. uh, And I'll leave a link for you in the show notes of that about why releasing approval is just, just the threshold point for artists of stepping into like Narnia going in through our wardrobe and into a whole nother creative realm has to do with letting go of approval. And I want you to read or listen to the podcast episode on that if you get a chance. Please let Alina or myself know if you relate to her story anyway, in any way in the comments on the blog post. If you like the kind of work that you're hearing here, I'd love for you. I would turn cartwheels if you would subscribe to the podcast and I'd do a little extra handspring if you could leave us a, a good review if you like the show on iTunes. Uh, it makes a big difference. I want to end this podcast with a quote from Kandinsky. The artist must train not only his eye, but also his soul. And I love the idea that that we have to train not only, or you could say the same thing, not not only does our hand-eye coordination have to get better, uh, but our soul-eye coordination has to get better. We have to, you know, become more literate in recognizing and honoring and admiring our soul for coming up with these wonderful ideas that are going to help other people in the long run. So stay confident. Um, stay engaged in the conversation with your own precious soul. And I can't wait to talk to you on the next Charm Studio podcast, www.thecharmstudio.com. Take care.